I was just watching the, the Meghan Markle interview and people are like, oh, come on, you knew. She's like, no, I didn't. And I, I started laughing because I'm like, I think that's relatable to the stepmom experience in the sense that, oh my gosh. you know, no, you know, but you don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, you know, but you don't mm-hmm. know the emotions that you're going to feel and how that's going to affect you. Like you have, a, you know, you know, there's an ex-wife, you know, that they have kids. Like, you know, all these things, like she knew that, you know, it was a whole different world, but she had yes. no idea. But what she that would had feel like. no idea. It was, a, yeah. it was, it was foreign to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm Jamie Scrimger, wife, mom, stepmom, life coach, conversation opener, and BS caller. Seven years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Don't get me wrong, I was madly in love, the kids were great, but as a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I was in over my head. When I went to the internet for support, I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support that I was looking for. Raw and real conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But each week I'll bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to help you thrive amongst the tough stuff in life. My goal is to inspire you to live your version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast. Guys, this episode, I'm just going to say, wow, it is a powerful one. It is truly, truly powerful. A while back, celebrity trainer Kit Rich sent me an email about a video that I had done on YouTube titled, What I Wish I Knew When I First Became a Stepmom. And this video really resonated with her and it inspired her to reach out to me and share her experience in stepmotherhood. And then we decided to talk about it on the show. Now, this episode dives into Kit's experience as a stepmom, specifically anger and jealousy and resentment and insecurities, competition, the struggle to find her place, and how childhood wounds and insecurities from our childhood can pop up in this new family dynamic. We also dive into how personal growth and mindset shifts are 100% imperative for stepmoms who are done feeling all of those things that I just listed. This episode is both vulnerable and aspirational, and I just want you to listen carefully because it may just kickstart the change you have been craving in your life. And I'm going to say this again, please listen to this episode carefully. This episode is powerful and it may just be the kickstart to the change that you have been craving. I am so grateful for Kit for reaching out to me and I am just so happy that she felt comfortable enough to be open and vulnerable with us. This episode is fire. Let's get to it. Tell me about your, like, tell me about you and your family. Like, what do you give us kind of the lowdown on that? Well, my husband and I have been married for just over a year, but we've been together for about six. 
And when I met my now stepdaughter, she was two years old. Yeah. We have uh, 50% custody and, but it's very, it's a very fluid relationship. Uh, my stepdaughter's mom only lives a few miles away. And so we do share dinners. Sometimes we even go on vacation together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the mom needs help. So we take, we take, um, I'll call her, are we allowed to use names? Can I say my stepdaughter's name? Okay. If you feel comfortable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. So sometimes we take Iris or, or if uh, we need help, sometimes her mom will take her more mm-hmm. often. So it's just very fluid and easy. That's so good. And was it always like that? To be honest, in terms of the, yes, that was always like that because my husband and uh, his ex-wife worked very hard on making sure that they always put Iris first. Mm-hmm. And so they had sort of set these rules up that they were going to have family dinners, that they were going to, that they were going to work together and uh, to, to make this work. And so it was kind of understood that anyone who was coming into a relationship with either one of them, that this is how it was going to be. Now, of course, it would, it would sort of mold and shape over time because there was, you know, when I came in, I had my own needs and I had my own expectations. And so those kind of had to shift over time. But my husband being the man who he is, he was always willing to hear me out, work with what I needed while also making sure that Iris came first, which as his partner, I always understood that that was really, that that was going to always be there. So mm-hmm. And what was that like for you coming into a situation where they had such a positive, frequent communication type relationship and you're coming in trying to find your space in all of this? Like emotionally, Mm. I I feel like that's probably one of those situations where like in your head, you're like, yeah, okay, like that's how it's going to be. But then when you're in it, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know it was going to feel this way. Yeah. So I, it, it's, I laugh about it now because I'm in such a different place and I don't even necessarily recognize who that woman was when I first started dating my husband, Manuel. I was, I had, I had no idea. Yes. In theory, everything seemed perfect on paper. I was like, wow, well, if you're going to be divorced with a young child, that is the most ideal situation you could possibly be in. And the truth is it is, it is the most ideal situation. But for me, as someone who one had never been divorced, didn't have children of my own. Um, and I, I got into this and I just didn't anticipate all of these feelings that were going to come up, jealousy, anger, resentment, judgment over, over their situation. And really, ultimately, I wouldn't say I was necessarily wrong for having all those feelings because Mm -hmm. I think it's really natural to have those feelings. I mean, for the most part, no one goes into a relationship and anticipates being reminded of that person's past on a regular, right? Mm -hmm. I hear, I, I, I hear, I laugh when I hear people say, oh yeah, we don't talk about each other's exes. (laughs) <laughs> and I laugh about that because I'm like, that is more the norm than anything, right? To not discuss the past and to definitely not be faced with it all the time. But in my situation, 
I was actually seeing his past, who was, was still his present, but on a regular basis. So I was, so it's, I think it's only natural to compare yourself to that, to feel some sense of judgment, whether it's right or wrong. I think that's natural. I have to say that I struggled a lot at the beginning with that. I really, I could, at the same time, I really respected what they were doing. I knew it was the right thing. It was the right thing for their daughter. I knew it was the right thing for their relationship as co-parents and friends. But at the, at the beginning, to be honest, I wasn't quite sure how that was going to work for me. That while I respected it, I wasn't quite trusting of myself to know if I could thrive in it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. was the most challenging thing for you with that? I didn't, you know, I'm a very strong personality. I think a lot of women are. And a lot of women want to feel that they have their place and their voice is heard and that they have a stake in it and that they don't feel like an outsider, Mm -hmm. right? And for me, as such a strong personality, when I came into this, you can't help but feel all those things at times. And I got really afraid that maybe I wouldn't have a voice in my own life or that I wouldn't have a say or that I would always feel like I was an, an, an other, a quote, an other in my own experience. And I think also what is really scary, I think, and I, I'm hoping maybe other stepmoms can relate to this, is that you got into this by choice. So, mm-hmm. you, so you're going to have these feelings because you chose it, mm-hmm. not because you were born into it or it just happened to you. So that was, that was what I was feeling at the very beginning, but so much of it had to do with the fact that I did not trust myself yet. And also that I had not done some personal work that I needed to do and coming into this role, it forced me to take a hard look at myself. And so how did you do that? Well, the feelings that I had were so unlike me. I I didn't recognize myself, to be honest. I'm someone that prides myself on doing personal work. I think a lot of women can say that they, Mm -hmm. they do the work. And so I thought that I was fully prepared emotionally and spiritually for something like this. I thought those concepts of jealousy and anger and resentment weren't going to apply to me. (laughs) And then when it, and then when it happened, I judged myself and I was angry a lot because I just couldn't believe it was me that was having those feelings. Mm -hmm. And it was so overwhelming that I decided that I was going to take a hard look at myself and see if that they, you know, there's this saying that I, that I use that I say, your greatest friction is actually where your freedom is. Mm -hmm. And if you can have the guts and the bravery to take a hard look at yourself on why are you feeling that anger why are you feeling that resentment? And in my case, this is not the case for everyone, but in my particular case, it had a lot to do with my own feelings of inadequacy, my own feelings of unworthiness, and due to sort of childhood experiences of always feeling like the other. And even more specifically, in relation to my father, that no matter what I did, I would never feel like I belonged And no matter how hard I worked at something to be loved, 
that I was always going to feel like an outsider and I was never going to fit in. And so I think it's no surprise that in, in some sort of unconscious way that I, that I chose this path in my life, that, that I chose to, to have an experience where I could find unconditional love in what would be deemed as a conditional situation, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Oh my gosh, it makes total sense. And it's so powerful too, because I really believe in it, that in life, we all have lessons and wounds and things we need to learn and things we need to work through. And we find ourselves in these situations over and over and over again. It's basically like the universe being like, okay, are you going to deal with this? Or are you going to have the same thing happen to you over and over and over again? Right. And Mm -hmm. I always say, I'm so grateful that I became a stepmom because it really, it really put me in a position where I had no choice but to do the work and go back and think about the messages that I received as a child and my, you know, the insecurities that I had. It's like everything came to like the forefront of all the stuff that I needed to deal with was like right there. And I think that's the case for a lot of stepmoms for like this, this role can be so character building and so, I don't even really know that like it, it can change your whole life and having nothing to do with the step parenting piece, but everything to do with the personal development piece. If you're willing yeah. to do the work, you are, you nailed it on the head. I truly believe that becoming a stepmom has been the most, the greatest spiritual experience of my life. It has mm-hmm. opened my heart in ways that I never imagined. It's opened my eyes in ways I never thought possible. It's, the kind of love that I've developed comes is such a, such a powerful place because it's, it is by choice and commitment, but it has so much to do with me, me learning to trust who I am as a woman, the woman that I've raised myself to be and trusting that I have a, that trusting that I have a place here and that I have value, even though See, and I, and I think that that's so challenging for, as a stepmom because this is not a biological connection. This is not something that is your birthright, right? Mm-hmm. So it is so much about just doing the work. It is so much about your own personal exploration. And yes, so I completely agree with you on that, that I think if you choose to do the work, if you choose to show up, I think mm-hmm. there's so much power and so much beauty in all of it. Yeah, 100%. I, I talk to stepmoms all the time and I'll say, if you want change, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, no, 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 this is what's happening. And my husband's doing this and the ex is doing this and the kids are doing this. Yes. And a lot of times it's super triggering and s- there's boundaries being crossed, like all these things. But it really does start, you have to look at yourself first. And your reactions and your mindset and how you're approaching things, your communication skills, the wounds that haven't been healed yet. It has really nothing to do with all of that outside stuff. It's about doing that. And I think, I love that you brought up this conversation, but I think that it's so important for step us to realize like some people aren't quite there yet to really yeah, see okay. that that's where you have to make that change. It's, but here's the right? thing, though, is that I, I, I'm saying this from a place of 2020 hindsight. Oh, 100%. You know, when I was first in it, I had, you know, I didn't even recognize my feelings as jealousy. And 
I think that was too hard for me to even realize because Mm -hmm. who wants to admit that they're jealous of either an ex or a child? And for me, I just sort of coughed. There was a little bit of victimization there and, and, and rightfully so. I don't want to make anybody feel bad for if they're in mm-hmm. this place, because I think that it's, it's a necessary process to go through. Yeah. But I used to be like, well, I just feel so jealous that, that his ex got all of his firsts, mm-hmm. that, that she got that intimacy in the wedding, that she got that intimacy in the childbirth, that, that she has his history. And, and then also that in, in relation to this, to my stepdaughter, that, that they have that bond that, that the, that his ex-wife and he have this bond because they share this, this child that I'll never have. So I'll never have that connection. And these were all, I think these are all fair feelings, Mm -hmm. fair jealousy. I think that's natural. Like I was saying before, but what I wasn't being honest with myself about is that, is that that jealousy I was feeling was because of my own, like I said earlier, my own, my distrust in myself of what I had to offer and what I was bringing to the table and what I was going to be building over time. You know, Mm -hmm. I look now and I see like what I'm my relationship with my stepdaughter and my relationship with his ex, we have developed a super close friendship. And I just don't even, I don't even recognize the woman that I used to be. And so I say that, so anybody who is, who is in that space, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, I, all I'm saying is your, your, your feelings are valid, but there is another way is what I'm trying 100%. to say. 100%. And I think that it, we've all have to, it is a process. It is a process of really recognizing what's going on and what's triggering you. And if you're in that space right now and you're listening to this and you're like, no, you guys don't get it. This is what I'm going through. And this is what our situation is. Every situation is different, but just hear this, you know, and you may not be fully ready to, to hear it, but just still try to hear it. Right. Like just from people who have gone through it and come, come out the other side. Cause Darren and I talk about, you know, even right now we are in probably one of the most stressful times in our step family life and co-parenting and, you know, court and all the things. And it's, we could not have survived what we've gone through in the last like two years. Well, we probably would have survived, but it would have been like a hell of a lot different than it is now. Like just the way we deal with these situations now versus seven years ago, it's like you said, I don't even recognize us. And it's so good. And it's so powerful to be able to look at it from a different perspective. Because a lot of times in step family life, everything still is going to stay the same. There's a lot of things we don't have any control over. And like that dynamic isn't going anywhere. It's how you perceive it. And just that personal growth, it's like, holy shit, nothing has changed, but everything has changed. I think for me, for the longest time, if I'm just being brutally honest, I was seeking so much validation. Mm -hmm. I needed some sort of validation. And again, this goes back to like my childhood of seeking that, that kind of unconditional love. But for the longest time, I I didn't feel validated in my situation. Don't get me wrong. My husband was always validating me, but I was seeking it in the places that I think are unfair to those involved. 
I was seeking validation from his ex-wife. I was seeking validation from my stepdaughter. It is not their responsibility to give me validation. And mm-hmm. I think that if I think if a, I think a lot of women, if they're really honest with themselves in this role, that they might feel the same. It might anger them to hear that. And it might be like, no, I don't need validation. You know what? I think we all do. We all need to feel understood, especially in our families. We all need to feel that we matter and that we have a purpose and we all want to hear good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing great. And sometimes that doesn't come. Right. Yeah. And so I can understand sort of the frustrations that, that might come from this role. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you were in competition with his ex? hundred percent, hundred percent. I felt co- competition. And like I said, it's like, because you're, because you are confronted with someone's history, you have a direct comparison of like what they maybe didn't work for them. And so you feel like you have to do something differently because you want it to work so bad. Mm-hmm. You want to be better. You want to be seen as the right choice. There was a lot of insecurity there too, because I used to think, well, if they didn't work out and they, they were once married and they didn't work out, what makes me think that we wouldn't work out too? Like I needed to I felt like I had something to prove at the beginning. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of insecurity, just a lot. I also admit that I think that I wasn't seeing his ex as a fully 3D, fully formed human. You know, because I had so many insecurities and didn't trust myself and didn't trust necessarily the relationship yet, I felt like I had to compartmentalize her and put her in a box and be like, well, she's like this. And that's why it didn't work. And I wasn't seeing her as fully formed. And I think that was the greatest disservice I did to not just her, but to what I was building with my, with my now husband. Because when I started to see her as someone who is just like myself, someone who is doing the best she can, someone who has flaws, someone who has a lot of strengths, I started to not just have the compassion for her didn't just grow, but the compassion for myself grew as well. That when Mm -hmm. I started to see her as a team player, someone that was more like a sister and a friend, everything shifted for me, everything. If you're a stepmom, chances are it's been challenging you've experienced emotions that you didn't see coming. You've felt like you have no control over your life, like you're good enough until you're not. Maybe you're not on the same page as your partner when it comes to kids and the ex. Maybe you're triggered by the ex. Maybe you feel helpless because you want to protect your partner, but you're learning that you can't fix what you didn't break. Stepmoms often struggle to find their place. They find themselves in this place of competition and comparison and resentment and feeling overwhelmed. I'm not trying to be negative. I hear this from stepmoms every single day. I've also felt this way myself until one day I made the decision that this was not going to be my life. Chances are you don't want to feel this way either, but you don't know where to start. That's where I come in. I created a guide for stepmoms who are craving change. 
It's an audit on your step family life with 16 questions that I think that every single stepmom should ask themselves. If you answer the questions honestly and give this audit the time and attention it deserves, it will kickstart change that you're looking for. You can download it via www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom audit. When you do, I'll send you the links for some other free guides too. I've got the secret to improving your step family life and how to co-parent with a high conflict ex. Again, get your copy at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash stepmom audit. I think a lot of times stepmoms dehumanize the ex and they're so critical and so judgmental. Why would they do this? Or why are they parenting like this? Or we are just kind of ready to pounce and ready to attack. And it really comes down to our own insecurities. We want to be better. We want to show that we're better. We have to feel that, that we're, that there's a reason for us being here. We have to feel that there's a point to all this. I think also too, is that that's actually a form of, we need that security because they didn't work out. We need to make sure that we can. And so we need to feel safe. We need to feel that we are the right choice, that we're better and that they are wrong. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, to be honest, I understand its place. I just don't think it's the right way to go about it. If you're looking for, um, a peaceful relationship in this, in, in this modern family. If you're looking to create a relationship with the ex, I would definitely not go the route of demonizing. Mm-hmm. I would do your very best to see this person as just like yourself, as a friend, as you would see a friend, someone who makes mistakes, someone who does also a lot of really good things as well. They're just human. Yeah. And when you give them permission to be flawed you are ultimately giving yourself a little bit more leeway too. And it becomes just this safer space. This one time I feel that I really messed up with Iris. And I I think any stepmom can relate to this, that when you mess up with your stepchild, you feel like double the guilt because not only do you feel that you messed up with her, you messed up with the whole sort of system in place that you're going to get in trouble across the board. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I remember I, I took a real risk this one day, uh, and the risk in the sense that I could have been completely rejected, but I, I felt like I really messed up with Iris. I lost my cool and I needed help. And I needed, honestly, I needed someone to just talk to about it, who understood my situation. And for whatever reason, I got the guts to call her mother. And I called her mom and I said, Hey, do you have a few minutes? She's like, yeah, what's, what's wrong. And I told her about how I had messed up with Iris. And honestly, she could have totally rejected me at that moment. She could have been like, how dare you with my daughter? She did the complete, I'm going to get emotional talking about it because it was a real breakthrough, but she did the complete opposite. She was like, I think she felt that um, she felt grateful to be well, to, to know about what was happening with her daughter when her daughter wasn't around. She felt grateful to feel that I could come to her and she welcomed me with open arms. She said, Kit, I mess up too all the time. And Mm -hmm. I need you to be human with her. 
I need you to make mistakes and apologize later because that's how Iris is going to learn to mess up and figure out how to rectify situations that only in those situations can she become a better person. And she even went to so far as to say, is like, I'm so grateful that you, that you are there for her. And it was just this, it was a really eye-opening experience for me. And it really was a breakthrough for both of us. And I think since then we've just really formed this bond where I can come to her about anything. And honestly, she's actually called me too to ask for advice about things. And it's created this, this really safe space for both of us where we've now realized that neither of us has to be perfect. And neither of us are judging each other, that we both are on each other's team. And we are here for, like our goal is to make Iris the best human she can be. But also that we want to feel like a family. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have that feeling for the rest of our lives that we're against each other. We want to be friends and get along and spend the ho- We do spend all the holidays together, but that is, I mean, our goal is to be a family. And so we are. Mm-hmm. And I love how you're talking about just kind of like being vulnerable and real and just like bringing the guard down. And then in my head, when I'm thinking this, I'm thinking about the stepmoms who are listening to this, who are saying like, look, that's just maybe not possible for us. And we're not going to ever do the holidays together. We don't ever want to do the holidays together. And I know for me in my situation, I 100% do not want to do the holidays together. And we're in a situation where our, where our co-parenting relationship really has broken down. But I think in a healthy way that we know like this, these boundaries are probably best for everyone moving forward. Yeah. But I still want people to hear what you're saying because you can still do all of the things that you're saying and that you're sharing and not be celebrating holidays together and not be best friends. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. and I, I just want to make sure people hear that because oh, you can gosh. humanize. Can imagine, yes. Right. I can only like, imagine that I probably sound obnoxious to a lot of no, people. No, you don't and- sound obnoxious at all. <laughs> but I whenever I'm interviewing someone or whenever I'm having conversations, I'm always thinking about all of the different people and the different step family dynamics. And it's like what's best for one step family may not be the like good thing for another. And you know, there really is no one size fits all approach. However, all this personal growth and this reflection that you're talking about, I make, I want to make sure that people don't turn off and say, well, this doesn't apply to me because it does just because the dynamic looks different. Doesn't mean that this process isn't important and, and important for everyone. Remember too, I mean, so much of this has to do with the fact that I did, I did the work on myself. I mean, it takes a lot of bravery to be vulnerable It takes a lot of, for me to say, I messed up. And for me to call her mother was actually a lot of Mm self-empowerment because I was taking a risk. Remember that she could have rejected me and I was fully prepared for that. It was almost like the outcome didn't matter. It was that I trust who I am and who and where I am in my life, that I'm willing to make mistakes and I'm willing to be vulnerable and be okay with the, with, with whatever happens that I, I'm trusting my role in all of this. 
I'm lucky in the sense that the person I chose to call, <laughs> who happened to be her mother, welcomed me. And mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that that's a unique situation. I guess why I'm bringing that up, though, is that I'm hoping that if for whatever reason uh, there is someone out there that feels like they would want to try that, they, that maybe that could work, that maybe, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just offering an alternative is all I'm saying. For sure. And I think it's a, I think it's just important for everyone. Like I I just, I say it all the time and I try to come up with different ways to say it because it does come back to you. And what I love about what you're saying about being vulnerable and just saying like, I'm, you weren't doing that because you were looking for validation from her. No, you were literally just putting it all out there. And I think sometimes that's where the stepmom and ex-wife dynamic, it's kind of messy because you extend that olive branch thinking that this is what's going to happen and you'll be able to create this relationship. And sometimes people aren't in the place to have that type of relationship. And you do get, you know, you do get shut down or maybe you don't get the validation you're looking for. But I think what's important to remember is that you had done so much work on yourself and letting your guard down that that was okay. And you were prepared for Mm -hmm. that. This wasn't about you seeking anything from her. This was about you and your process. Exactly. When you look back on becoming a stepmom, what do you wish you would have known? Because I know that that was one of the things that really yeah. stuck to you. I have a I have a post on all the things I wish I would have known before I was married a man with kids or what you need to know. Uh, what do you wish you would have known? I wish I would have known how important it was to see it from the perspective of the child Mm -hmm. that it is like when I'm as a, as a stepmom, like for so many, for so many years, I could only see it from my own perspective. And I, and I think that's fair because that's what you're working with. But when I started to see it from the perspective of the child, my, my view changed completely. When I started to pull the lens back and see it from the perspective of my husband or even, or even the ex-wife, my lens started to change. I wish, I wish I had known all of those feelings that I was going to feel. I wish someone had better prepared me for that. I, I, I applaud you for putting stuff like this out there because um, I don't think there's enough of a support system for stepmoms. Usually we're in hiding and we have mm-hmm. a lot of shame around talking uh, about our feelings. We're not often given permission to talk about it because it's so taboo and we're seen in such a negative light for the most part. I know there's a lot of change happening, but for the most part, we're not seen in a very good light. You know, I was watching this video the other day where they were, uh, this, these two, this, the father and the stepfather were having this really beautiful conversation. And the, the stepfather said, you know, when I met my stepson, I said to him, you're not my stepson, you're my son. And I read all the comments and the women were swooning. You know, they were just like, oh my God, what a guy, what a guy to do that. And I actually thought to myself, you know, if a woman had done that, if a woman had said to the child right away, you are not my step child, you are my child, 
I honestly feel that I, <laughs> I, I feel sad to say this, but I, I that would have been a very different reaction. Oh, the you internet know? would have gone wild, wild to that. And I'm and I I think that's such a sad, sad double standard. And I think that's something that women really need to pay attention to and really look at. And why is that so? And that's a much bigger conversation. But I wish someone would have told me that that all that that feeling, that double standard, that experience of not feeling like you can claim something fully or or just engulf yourself, that you're going to have to always think about boundaries and you know, figure out how to fit in here and find your voice. I wish I had just been prepped for all of that at the beginning. But, mm-hmm. you know, being a stepmom is a very, is a pretty relatively new thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we just don't have the grandmothers sitting us down and saying, so here's what you need to prepare for. So this yeah. is why I just love that there are platforms like yours out there that are helping women navigate this role. And you like you said, it's going to be completely different for everybody because in just like in any family, every family has different scenarios that they're working with and different boundaries mm-hmm. that they're working with. But I just think that if you're someone that's really hoping for, you know, peace in it and feeling like you can truly thrive in it and have a voice and have a say and create your own, your own standards and, and boundaries, it's possible. 100%. Now, if you were talking to a stepmom right now who is like, okay, I'm going to start to really do that work on myself. I, I'm i ready to make some changes here and I really want to start to see things in a different way. What would you say that first step is in terms of doing that work? Like, what does that look like for you? Or what did that look like for you? For me, it started with, first of all, I was so sick of myself. I was, I was angry a lot, but it didn't, it didn't come off as anger. It came off as me like puffing my chest. It probably looked like I was a bit egotistical because I was needing to be so perfect, but it was overwhelming. The feeling was overwhelming. I didn't like who I was seeing in the mirror. And so I had to ask. So the first part was me asking myself the hard questions. And that was, do you want to feel this angry all the time? Because if you do, then this is, then this is the life that you're going to have. And it does that feel good to you. And if you want to stay in this relationship, if you want to be with this man and thrive, then you got to ask yourself the hard questions. Why is it that I feel this way? What is it that my body and my mind are trying to tell me? What am I not seeing? What am I not paying attention to about myself? And there's in certain situations there are external, you know, the triggers are sometimes boundaries are crossed, right? But our reaction to it and how much we hold on to that is purely on us. Because mm-hmm. there are there are ways to communicate to your partner in a really productive way to say, "Hey, listen, I I understand that you feel that you need to do this, but I'm I'm just going to tell you like that's how this this is how this makes me feel." And can we work on this together to maybe create a new way of doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, as I think opposed it's all to about, saying just like, no, you let's, this can't happen anymore. We're not doing it like this anymore. And just like yeah, dictating this is not that okay change. With me. This is not okay with me. And if you don't change, then I'm out and she's like that. Yeah. That's one way to go about it. But is that, 
is that, and, and, and but that's coming from an ang- a, a space of anger, a space of judgment. And, and if you've done enough work on yourself, you know that anger and judgment are actually a layer. It is a, it is a protective mechanism because what's happening internally is that you're feeling incredibly vulnerable and scared. Mm-hmm. And you are feeling insecure. And, and, and I, I would say fear is the major thing, is that you're afraid that you have signed up for something <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, that possibly is going to make you feel this way for the rest of your life. But when you do the work and when you start to ask yourself, why am I so angry? And then if you really listen, you'll often hear it's because I'm scared. And then you go deeper. What am I so scared about? And if you go even deeper, oftentimes that answer is that I'm just not enough in this and that I don't Mm -hmm. have a voice and that I'm not worthy and that and then once that comes to the surface, then you then it's up to you to decide what to do with that. But that's how the work began for me. Yeah. And and I think that's how the the work begins for everyone. You have to get to a point where you're like, I'm just sick of myself right now. I'm not going to feel this way. Like, this is not how I want to feel. This is not how I want to live my life. Right. And then it goes from there. I was, I did a podcast episode earlier today. And one of the things that she said on the episode was like, this, you choose this every day. Yeah. Like every relationship, even a marriage, you are choosing every single day to be there. And it's very, you can choose and you can unchoose. And it's very, very true. Like you're choosing this. So how are you going to choose to proceed? Like, what's that going to look like? Or are you going to choose different? Like you do have so much more choice than you, you really, people say, I have no choices as a stepmom. No, you have a lot of choices. There's a lot of things that you don't have any control over, but you have a lot of choice. And sometimes you get so focused on all the things that you don't have control over that you, you forget what you do. It's probably, like I said earlier, it's one of the most, it's one of the most spiritual experiences you can have. The power of choice has power and you're right. What are you going to do with that? And so then you get to choose how you're going to, how you're going to see things, how you're going to act. You won't always get it right. You're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you try again and then you just keep trying again. And then one day you wake up and you realize that your perspective and your view looks very different. Now, I will say this. It does help that I have the right partner, right? 100%. I, I would say that if my husband was not being receptive to me, if he was not listening to me and hearing me, and if he was not as respectful as he is, I can't say, I can't honestly say that that would work. But if you're in the, if you're in the marriage that's worth it, right? Then yes, do the work and make the choice. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. This has been so helpful. Thank you so much for this conversation. It's, I just feel, I feel super understood by you. I feel super oh. moved by you and inspired. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you reached out. Like can, that to can me I say, is just, can I say one more thing about the word stepmom? Oh yes. 100%. The, I know people hate the term stepmom and they use bonus mom and they use like, which is all great. Choose what you want. That's to go back to what we were talking about. Everything is about choice, right? So you get to decide what you want to be called. I want to, 
I love the term stepmom because it's such an active word. The actual word step is you could step forward, you could step to the side, you can step back. You can, it's so active in, in it's by definition that it's, it's something that should remind stepmoms that this role is ever evolving. And that even if you take a step back or step to the side or step forward, it is something that, I mean, there's, there's just so much growth and evolution in it. And I just, I love it so much. And I just want to empower women to say, if you're say you're a stepmom, say it with pride because it's the most, it's tr- potentially one of the most beautiful roles you'll ever have in your life. That is so powerful. And I've never thought about it that way. But it, well, it, I'm a, I'm a it, trainer. So I think when I hear steps, yeah. like, do, do your steps, ladies, do your steps. Do your you steps. Know? Yeah. And speaking of all the things you have going on, tell us a little bit about what you do. You are on YouTube. You are a trainer. You have oh, yeah. so much going on um, that can be such a great value for all of our listeners too. Uh, yeah, I am a I'm a Pilates instructor and a certified personal trainer. I've been doing it for about 14 years. And for the most part, I was kind of dubbed as the traveling trainer because I would travel with actors and musicians, getting them ready for movie roles and, and getting them ready to be on stage to perform. Uh, but now I, I sort of, since the pandemic, I've started a YouTube, so you can find a bunch of my videos on there. And yeah, I write a lot and I, I'm a spokesperson for some companies and yeah, I'm just doing my thing, but I am very active. And so that's why when I hear it, when I heard the word stepmom, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this works for me. This works for me. So I'll link your YouTube channel and stuff. Your videos are great. Your workouts are amazing. Definitely thank inspire you. me. So, um, thank you so much. This can't be our last conversation because I'm so, yeah, I'm just so moved by you and I, I just can't wait to dive into more of this. We- Thank you. And, and I will say if, if anybody listening to me feels angry about what I said or feels annoyed, I would say to you, do the same thing I did when I was going through that phase of when I was always angry. Why are you angry? Ask yourself the hard questions. Mm-hmm. So good. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. 